and welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, coming straight off the island at Emo Built at Yesman Outfitter, and your boy, live from the hive, Hawaiian Ryan at Mikey CLT. Mikey, how you doing, bro? Devin, I can't even contain my excitement. Hockey's back. I get to see you in two days. We're going to do our thing at PNC Arena. We're breaking the bank. Like, I, I'm going to have a hard time sleeping the next couple of days. It's like Christmas, bro. Well, I am not going to sleep the next couple of days either, but that's just because the nature of the business that I own and operate. Uh, yeah, man. Um, it's in the blood. Uh, I run on all cylinders during this season, and, and everything's back. Ready to rock. Opening night was fun, man. We had a crew like we always do down um, in the parking lot. We did a great job, had a great time, played some great music, met some great people, and did not come away with the dub. Was not too worried about uh, Varlamov that night. A little worried about him last night, though. Uh, yeah. Um, don't love his rebound control. I'm not going to sit here. I mean, I'm. It's just really getting sickening hearing these people scream. We want Laner. Like guys. On oh no, no. That we're, on, we're not doing that. No, that's, that's legitimately ridiculous. happening at the Coliseum, and then oh, you turn around oh. and look at people like you suck. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. that's not cool. But. Hopefully, since Grice came into relief last night, that doesn't mean that he doesn't get the start in Carolina. Because I we, don't, know, we yeah. know he has Carolina's number. All of us want to see Grice play. So, like, he's got campers coming. He's got to get the start. Yeah, I don't think Barry's um, really going to stray from the path there. Um, he only came in at the end of the sec- at the end of the second, right? Yeah. Yeah, it came in at the end of the second, so I'm not worried about his um, his use. He needs to play. He needs to play in Carolina. I don't think they're thinking, you know, against it. But, yeah, um, Oilers' game was tough. Uh, his Varley's rebound control needs some work. It took it took Lehner a couple, a couple of uh, weeks to figure out what Mitchie was teaching him, but I got fit. Everyone calm down. Three games in, calm down. Everyone – Calm down. Um, and also, I'm going to do my normal thing, and that's every time last year that I was leading a large group of people into a enemy territory. Uh, we were on the ropes, and somehow we dodged a punch. So the only thing you can be is prepared and excited, and, Michael, we are both. And Caroline is due for a loss, man. Like. You think they're really going to start the season, what, 5-0, and 6-0, or whatever it is? I'm not going to. Hey. Hey. Don't we even can, worry about them. We control our side of the bench, Mark. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, but, okay. All right. But PNC is going to be a lot of uh, filled with a lot of blue and orange. So we're going to do our part, too. As well it should. And the parking lot's going to be dope. I, myself, am... I'm already thinking about my playlist, and I know last time you kind of cut me off. No oh. cutting off Mikey CLT. I'm taking uh, over the music for for uh, the tailgate. Uh, you and Gillette. We've been dogging Gillette so bad. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got the most wild uh, musical taste. In, he's, his, favorite, his favorite act is Chicago. 
The second favorite band is, oh, not band, favorite act is Shania Twain. And then his third favorite act is A Day to Remember. So uh, he'll cycle in between uh, like Disturbed, Down with the Sickness, and then he'll come back and hit you with um, Damn, I Feel Like a Woman. You know what I mean? Well, that's not happening when I got the control. I get I, it. I'll keep it. I'll keep it very on brand. Um, cool. Lots of keep flying. I can cool. guarantee that for a fact. Okay, I'm not have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he he didn't want to interview him with me, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. But we, yeah, we had uh, to carry on. Yep. Yeah, so a lot of news to break. Um, a lot of things been happening. With that, uh, you will all be in the know sooner rather than later. It's all very good things that are about to happen or in the midst of happening. And um, on my end of the of the spectrum, everything is moving in a in a very very good direction, and, and you'll all hear about that soon. Uh, but more importantly, I'll be moving down. Well, not moving permanently, but I'll be moving the. The road show down to Carolina, get you boys a tent, get you guys some barn rockers and some some good old fashioned team spirit. And then And everyone knock on wood right now. Like everyone. Whoever's listening. Because the weather in Carolina today and yesterday was like something from a from a storybook. Like it was beautiful. So let's hope that on Friday the weather stays the same because I do not like sunburn. Oh, well, whatever. I mean, I don't really, I don't really care as long as it, as long as there's no wind. I'm telling everybody that there's some, what they're not. Listen, they're gonna take their pictures of their orange tents and they're gonna do their keg stands and their chants and their music and they're gonna paint a really good. I'm gonna tell you something. They're not gonna tell you about the good old Nassau Coliseum, Mike CLT, and that's a goddamn wind tunnel. Yep, because it's. Situated, especially where you guys tailgate, like you're right between the Coliseum and the Marriott, so the wind just whips through there, man. Oh well, we have been surviving, but I told everyone I'll do it in a desert. I'll do it on the top of a mountain. I'll tailgate anywhere I want, but the wind is just something that bites me in the ass every time. Uh, but yeah, so I'll be down in Carolina with you. On Friday, and then I am turning around and driving my ass straight back to Long Island for Saturday um, for Mikey Carver's live ILC podcast that'll be hosted straight under the big orange tent. And somebody needs to get it there, and that somebody is me. And we appreciate you and That's all your all. efforts. And you know, you're making a statement because. The Islanders and MSG are going to see that orange tent in Carolina on Friday. And they're going to be like, oh, there's no way that that orange tent is going to be there on Saturday. And they might then even say it su- out loud. They might say that. Yeah. Yeah. They might. And then to their surprise, there you'll be. And so they'll say, look at this. A, that's what we call a statement. It's true. That statement is this guy's a loser. But more importantly, <laughs> we're going to talk to a winner today, Mikey. And that yes. winner. Absolute winner. It is Jake uh, Brown. Owner and CEO of Pure Noise Records, the mecca of labels in 2019. You know, when when I think about when I was getting into this music scene, that was like 
drive-through records or victory records. And now we got Pure Noise Records. I think that they've taken the reins, man. They All the music that I listen to is pretty much on Pure Noise Records. So yeah. super excited to talk with Jake and super diehard L.A. Kings fan. Also still plays hockey. Just once again, proving that the connection runs even deeper than we ever thought. Big time, he's a hockey file. <laughs> so like an audio file, but hockey file? No, like a cinephile, but a hockey file. Did I say that correctly? And also ex-teacher. So that was cool. Oh, match me in heaven. All right, Mikey, lead us in and we'll talk about it after. All right, so here we are with Jake Round, owner and CEO of Pure Noise Records, diehard L.A. Kings fan. Let's do it. Jake Round, owner of the legendary Pure Noise Records, and also resident LA King fan. Jake, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. So, um, how are we doing out west? Because season just started, um, and Mikey and I don't do well keeping up with the western teams to begin with until it matters down towards the end. So. How are your boys looking this year, man? Bad, but not as bad as last year. Uh, we managed to get an overtime win last night against um, Calgary, which was sort of a disappointment because they were up 3-0 after one and gave up three unanswered. But uh, it was kind of a cool storyline. Uh, Kachuk had the uh, time goal with like a minute to go. It's a pretty sick goal. He uh, tipped it to himself out of the air, but then uh, Dowdy had the overtime winner, and they have their whole kind of what has become a bit of a ridiculous feud at this point going on. <laughs> um, but it it was a cool win, and then uh, we lost to the Oilers on Saturday, uh, five six. But to be honest with you, after the very uh, offense starved season we had last year, if you gave me five, six losses all season long, I would be totally fine with that. I'm just glad that, uh, you know, there's more kids in the lineup. We were the, one of the oldest teams in the league last year. And it's hard to be, like, too upset as a Kings fan because we've won two cups in the last, what, seven or eight years. So uh, it's kind of just what happens to cup winners when you, you know, you put a bunch of your picks in Hawk to try to win now. Same thing's going on with the Blackhawks, right? They're also – not looking great, even though they've got a, a 
a couple of stars that aren't quite as old as ours. So you would think that they would be in a little better shape, but um, you know, when you, when you do well, this is kind of what happens, I guess, unless you're the Patriots and you're just always winning. <laughs> but you, but you guys must've drafted pretty well because the Ontario rain won the Calder cup, what, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. The, the rain were awful last season, but that was in large part because we had like their six best players up on the big club uh, for the, for most of the season. So it was like, it was easy to see why they were bad, but we have a bunch of sick prospects um, that are, that are playing with the rain right now. And then a couple that are, are, uh, that made the team. Um, we, uh, this, uh, Bajorn foot, uh, kid, uh, ended up making the team. He's an 18 year old defenseman. And I think, I, I honestly don't know if they would have, would have burned his, I will, it remains to be seen if they'll burn his rookie contract or not. It's, um, you know, he gets, what is it, nine games, eight games in, in the National League before uh, they have to pay him the full full go. Because um, they're talking about sending him back to the Swedish Elite League, I think. Um, but uh, Dowdy is so high on him. And last year we had Dowdy playing with Fortbert, who was fucking terrible. He's like the bane of my existence. Uh, and I don't even know where he is now. He's not on the roster. I couldn't. I Googled last night because I was such a hater that I was talking to my Kings friends. So I was like, it's really nice to not see Fort Burt. Where is he? And then I looked on the, on the rain, uh, the AHL affiliate team, and he wasn't on that website either. And I was like, huh, where is he? He's played like 300 games in the national league. I can't imagine he just disappear. He was the first round pick for us, but anyway, daddy was really excited about this kid. So he ended up making the squad and there's been a, a couple of other young guys. Anderson Dolan is an interesting prospect. He's, he's in the A right now, but, um, yeah, we, we, we've got some picks and I think that, um, I think that Muzzin trade is, is going to work out for us long-term They he went to Toronto last year and, uh, we ended up getting the second first rounder for him. So, you know, kind of like reloading on the, on the youth side of things. And the NHL is funny, man. It like, it turns around really fast and we still have like, you know, seven or eight guys that were on those cup teams, but I don't really. I don't have any big expectations this year other than it be a little more entertaining than last year. I have season tickets, so I go to a ton of the games. Yeah. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, in last year was the year before was okay. We ended up making a, a, a cool playoff run and we got beat. We got swept by Vegas, but the games were crazy. Like it was one of the lowest scoring um, playoff uh, series ever. Like I think the goaltending between click and flurry, set records when for, for both goaltenders combined in a series. Um, so it wasn't the worst in the world. And like the, you know, some of our stars are getting old. So, but you know, this season, I still think we'll probably be in the bottom half, but the West, you know, to your guys is uh, probably advantage. The West sucks. <laughs> so you guys see the better hockey. And so, you know, it, our division could very possibly also be weak. Like I think San Jose is going to be down. The ducks are terrible. Um, so, you know, we're not going to have the, 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 the steepest competition. So hopefully that, you know, kind of, uh, makes things a little easier on us. And to be quite frank, as long as they can win some games at home, it's not so bad for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm a season ticket old too. So, uh, first and foremost, yeah, are you, like you got aisles guy. Yeah, I am. Yes. Nice. Yes. Uh, and so I can absolutely say, yeah, as long as they win at home, I'll be happy. But um, 
I was going to bring that up because um, you guys making the, the playoffs last year, I mean, you like you said, you really didn't really have a strong um, season, and you went on a nice little run towards the end. And I feel like it's so overlooked by the St. Louis run. You know, I mean, obviously different magnitude. They take it all the way home. But, yeah, I mean, I to you know, people forget. Yeah. It, <laughs> Kings it, made the playoffs it, last year. <laughs> it, was, it was the season before last year. Last year oh, I'm sorry. Second, yeah, yeah. Last year was second worst in the league. Um, only to you Ottawa. Had, but, uh, you, had no, me, but, you had me beat because I, I started remembering what you were talking about. And I thought that yeah, was last year, too. No, totally, yeah. It's the year before last year. What's funny, too, is – um. I think I'm one of the only people I know that picked the Blues to win in my – I picked Blues to win the Cup in my bracket, and I was wrong about just about everything else because all the favorites got murdered. But um, the Blues just reminded me so much of those Kings Cup teams where, uh, you know, you know, one of the years they won, they had a coaching change at the beginning of the season just like uh, St. Louis did and then went on a crazy run. And the team physically reminded me of those teams because they're sort of big and very physical. And until they officiate the playoffs the same way they officiate the regular season, that like old time hockey vibe really isn't going to die. Like in the regular season, it's all skill, skill, skill. And, and uh, I think that has changed the game tremendously since I played when I was a kid, like I would be fucked in this current, uh, current kind of system i was a big slow guy that just was uh and playing on uh sub subsized rinks in southern california growing up it was great for me because people couldn't run away from me but now it's the game's <laughs> opened opened up so much and changed a lot but once it comes playoff time all of a sudden the clutching and the grabbing and all that kind of stuff uh starts to slide and you see big physical teams like st louis sort of just beat people to death and that kind of you know sort of winning in wars of attrition and seems like that's kind of how it played out last season. Yeah. I, I love the change. I, I, it seems to be a top. It always seems to be like a topic of conversation about how um, the rules seem to change when you get to the postseason and the playoffs. And, and I like I like that kind of hockey because it's so much more even than you, than, you know, right? No, totally. It's the same in basketball as well. I'm a big Warriors fan and, uh, it's it's really interesting. Like you just see the 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 contact they allow on shots in pretty much all sports uh, in the postseason is quite a bit dif- different. And it's I don't know to me once you're at that point, you just kind of want to watch the players play the game for the most part. But at the same time, we had some egregious officiating errors last playoffs that were just fucking crazy. Um, I I'm pretty sure it, it was actually it went against St. Louis where there was a. Uh, when they were playing San Jose, the crazy hand pass in the slot yes. in overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there and and this is I officiated hockey for like 15 years. Uh, I started when I was 12, and I did it all. It was like my only job going up through um, high school and college. And when I first started the label in 2009, um, I was refereeing hockey, substitute teaching, doing the label, and um, strangely enough. Uh, there's like a hockey tie into how I even started in music because when I was 22, I moved from LA to San Francisco and I was refereeing hockey up there. And um, a woman that I officiated with pretty often named Madeline, we were talking one time and I started mentioning about how like fat records was like my hero record label growing up. And she was like, Oh really? Um, 
Mark Tamo, the label manager, was like uh, in my wedding. This is a good friend of my husband. And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I mean, I would like do anything to intern at Fat. And at this point, I had already kind of had like an established teaching career. And I was um, working on my master's degree in education. And it kind of assumed um, that I would be a high school teacher and a football coach. I, I played football in, in high school and in college. And, um, and that was kind of my life plan. And I'd actually done that my first year out of college before I moved to the Bay. And, um, anyway, she was like, Oh, well I can, you know, kind of, I can introduce you. And I had to be a little persistent, but I ended up getting uh, an internship there and my student teaching didn't go very well. And I started to really think like, ah, oh, maybe I don't really want to be a teacher. And uh, I didn't, wasn't really enjoying it. And I didn't like the hours and it was really, really unflexible. And, uh, I start, I got, you know, I started at fat and I was just like, you know, stuffing envelopes and refurbishing CDs. And I was like, you know what, this is what I really want to do. And from there I ended up getting like my first paying music job. And I worked for a magazine for a while. And I worked for, a uh, the Rasputin's record store chain, which is sort of like California's closest thing to a Newberry comics. It's not quite, quite that big, but there's like nine or 10 stores in NorCal and, um, that was my last like real job, so to speak. But even still, once I, once I quit that, I still had to referee hockey for like another three or four years uh, while I was doing label, the label to like, kind of like piece it all together and make ends meet. So kind of funny, but referee and hockey is actually how music turned into a career for me. Look at that. A whole new connection for us. (laughs) I love it. I I also love the connection to, uh, to teaching because I'm also a fourth grade teacher, but it seems like uh, a few people in our music scene were once teachers to start and then ended up taking music full time. So like Chris Carabo was a teacher. Yeah. Um, Bobby from Emerosa was a teacher. Um, Trying to think the Dikembe guys, they're teachers. So there's a bunch of teachers that are in the Pat Flynn from half heart is a teacher currently. So there you go. So, not even just the hockey and music connection, but also the teaching connection. I love it. The campaigns yeah. for teachers? Yeah. That's why they only tour, like, over the summer and stuff. They have an entire song about being dyslexic. Hey. that That's a thing. <laughs> so, Jake, you, you mentioned your, uh, your upbringing playing hockey. So... How does a kid in L.A. start to love hockey? Was it the the whole Wayne Gretzky uh, experience? Short answer would be yes, but what will make more sense is my father was Canadian. So my dad was born in Guelph, and that in Guelph, Ontario, which is uh, like, you know, an hour from Toronto or so. Um, And so my grandfather played hockey and, like, um, how I really kind of like started with it is when I was like six or five, um, we were visiting my grandparents in Colorado and I was just like kind of rooting through their basement and, uh, found a bunch of like this crazy, uh, vintage hockey gear, you know, with like the old brown leather gloves that went up almost to your elbows and, you know, the sticks with with no curve in them and stuff. And I got it all out and like put it out, put it on and found an old hockey puck and just started like beating it up against the, um, beating it up against the garage. And I thought it was really cool. And, you know, my grandpa let me take a bunch of it home. I actually still have his skates in my garage, I think. Um, 
And uh, I took a bunch of it home. And shortly thereafter, when Gretzky came to L.A. And when, Gre- when Gretzky came to L.A., uh, it was the first time that hockey was ever on national television. Like, it was always on cable, and there's always been people who were in the, into the Kings. Um, but it's the first time you would start to see it on Channel 5 and things like that. And I, one thing I remember about being a kid was that he was he was using that silver Easton stick. Oh so yeah, he was, he was always easier to 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 pick out than the other guys because with that old the the old camera technology back then it just looked like a fucking piece of tin foil running through your screen. So uh, I remember seeing the commercials and being like, oh, I'm I'm I want I'm gonna watch that. And I remember sitting and watching it with my dad, and then. That Christmas, I was like, well, I want rollerblades and, like, hockey stuff. And I just sort of, like, beat myself to death in front of my house on the blacktop. And my, I think my dad always kind of assumed I would just, like, kind of get over it because it's not like the kids in my neighborhood were playing. You know what I mean? So um, roller hockey a little bit. And roller hockey got really popular, but I was never super into it. Um, and shortly thereafter, uh, you know, I – I started taking like lessons and, and going playing, playing pickups and stuff. And then I ended up playing the, the following club season. And at, at the time there was really no in-house hockey. Like there is in places where hockey is more popular. You basically have to play travel hockey. So uh, I played uh, my first year was my first year of mites. I was like seven maybe. And uh, I played, you know, various levels of travel hockey all the way through 18 and, at that point, I was kind of was like put to a decision whether to do hockey or football. And uh, I played football at like a really good high school football program. And we were in the finals a whole bunch and that whole thing. So I kind of made that decision, which is looking back, uh, I wasn't ever big enough to be a football player. And it would be way better off pursuing hockey. But, you know, when, when you're in Southern California, you know, you probably make the more appropriate choice for the for the weather around you, but there's always been like a part of me that's been a little jealous of like Canadian kids growing up, getting to like skate ponds and stuff like that. We actually uh, had a pond hockey tournament team last, last year in de- December. And I was, it was like such a blast cause I've never got to play hockey outdoors. So was really it that fun. big one in Buffalo? No. Well, there's a few of them now. There's a big one in Buffalo. Uh, there's a huge one. I think like the USA hockey sanctioned one is in Minnesota. And then, yeah. um, there's actually a couple in Colorado as well. There's one in Silverthorne and there's one, I can't remember where the other one is. So what we did the PAPS uh, one and they're all like various rules. The one in Minnesota is four on four. The one we did was three on three. It was sick. It was a really good time. It was, it was also like we, we played in the highest division and I was like a little concerned about it. And the first, first game we get out there and uh, there's, you know, there's, Guys, because Air Force is close to there, there's guys with like Air Force helmets on that played co- college hockey players, and I was like, "Oh, it's going to be interesting." But we did all right. <laughs> we won. We won a couple and lost a couple, so it was it was a good time. And uh, we're we'll we'll be doing it again this year. Actually, Chris from Anti Flag plays with me, and then uh, Ian from my office also plays hockey. He's our production guy, uh, and then we have another uh, Vince uh, who works for the hockey lifestyle brand, Violent Gentleman. He plays on a, our team as well, so we got a, we got a good mix of guys. Pretty fun time. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have the dopest jerseys too. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we we so VG uh, puts them together for me. But with last year we did um, just like kind of a kind of classic king sort of setup. 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. A, little, a little twist on it, but they're super nice. And I had deep regret over not doing the, uh, the, the retro Kings, the, the, the purple and gold. Or purple that. and gold. They call it form blue. I don't know why the fuck it's called blue, but it, it's purple as, uh, as, as possible. But so we're working on a batch of those right now. And actually, uh, one of my men's teams that I play on uses the, the black ones. Um, and of course there's other teams that have black jerseys. So I was like, hey, we're going to need the second Jersey. Anyway, we're going yellow. Kings are dropping the classic Jersey this year. Was, is it this year too? They're doing their nineties Gretzky era Jersey, right? They did the nineties Gretzky, not the, not the purple and gold, but, uh, for their, like, whatever it is, like third, whatever Jersey, it's the classic Gretzky. And I think it comes out like a week before my birthday. I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, mm, just a little, little nudge here. You might want to keep an eye on that. <laughs> Here's the link. Just hold on to that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that thing's definitely sick. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like the the pre the pre Gretzky era jerseys get like the least amount of love over there in LA. I don't know. I I have to admit, I was on the hater committee. I thought that they were the ugliest things ever, and I think like. Honestly, I've kind of just like got into them out of boredom because I'm a pretty big sports fan in general. Like I'm a massive Raider fan. I've season I've had season tickets for the Raiders uh, every year up until this one for like the last ten years. And then I'm not wow. living. I live in LA now. So we last year I only went to one game and I didn't even use my tickets. I had got a hookup through a friend. So um, we decided we take this year off until they get into Vegas next year. Um, okay. And so being a big Raider fan silver and black kings are silver and black um it's like a little boring i was like we need some, i need some cut co- like some color in my life and uh yeah i actually i've been building out like a whole i got a uh bought a, a pair of uh, retro kings pants off of pro stock and a pair of gloves off of ebay so i got the whole i got the whole rig set up for once we uh we get those jerseys in just just because it's kind of fun right yeah, well, I would assume that somebody who gets their jerseys made by violent gentlemen would make sure that soup to nuts, their entire look is, like, spotless. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm jealous of you guys. Are you both Islanders fans? Sure yeah. are. Yeah, I mean, great uniforms. So, like, it's it, it kind of – it's a little more fun. At the same time, like, I could get away with wearing my stuff in, in more more circumstances because it's not so loud. But at the same time, you're like, eh, I could use a little color. It's a little boring. Yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you as growing up because I'm also a Mets fan. Um, blue and orange just is just the it's only athletic, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you get away with it, but like it is only athletic colors. Like so, you know, if you're not going to a game or you're not like an entire fan, like you can't just like have just like a blue and orange color scheme for your for your like look for the for the night <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? like, yeah. so Absolutely. yeah but yeah. it's good. i don't think they're gonna let you in the club wearing blue and orange in a <laughs> in a hat how no, are you absolutely. guys how are you guys feeling about the aisle they had a fucking uh nice little surprise season uh i wasn't i was not surprised they won the first round i got to see him play a couple times last year uh barzell is sick um you know, you got some some things to be obviously try or uh, uh, why am I blanking on your coach's name? Trot. Uh, oh, Trot. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I was right. I was yeah. thinking of I, I was thinking of 
I was saying trots, but I was thinking of tort. So, right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, trots is sick. Like you, you know, there's, there's, there's reason for optimism. I feel. Yeah. Um, well, I'll let Mikey give his short opinion. Um, you know, as for us, we're, we definitely dazzled, but it was one of those magic seasons where there was just so much going on. Um, whether it was the uh, finally getting the approval on building a new arena to moving the games back out of Brooklyn, or at least half the games back out of Brooklyn mid-season. Um, and then at that point, when they when they first started playing the games back at the Coliseum, they were kind of deemed as a competitive team. So it was a mega draw to that small hometown crowd, which like amplified the atmosphere there by a million because it's a small arena and it's loud as shit. So it, then it became a spectacle to play there and go there and watch games there. On top of the Tavares, you know, loss, and then, you know, the Leafs coming back home and we trounce them and then we make the playoffs and we make it past the first round and sweep, sweep Sidney Crosby out of everybody and they don't make it past the first round. So it was just one of those things, you know, leaner season where he was, it, it was just a lot of magic happening and now it's kind of like, Everybody is so used to the the organization not being able to sustain well, the, that the, level of success. The bag is supposed to be that fucked up GM and fucked up ownership. Is that correct? Well, for you used so, to be forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the ownership it wasn't so much. It was they are. I don't know another organization that has paid for the sins of past so long than the Islanders have. I mean, they made some terrible decisions in the uh, late 80s, early 90s that really set them back all through the 2000s. And then the owner did everything he could to keep it together on Long Island, the last owner. And when he finally sold it now, they are doing an amazing job. And they've hired all the right people. They're doing amazing things. So it's kind of ship is re- resetting itself here that is resetting course here in the right direction finally that's that's exciting i I actually i've been to a game in in brooklyn and it's uh it's not so bad if you're down below but uh i've I've never sat up top for an islanders islanders game but i sat up top for even basketball there sucks it's just like not a good not a good arena in general just a big bizarre layout uh, when is the new Coliseum supposed to open? Is it going to be in the same place? It's actually going to be five minutes down the road. Um, yeah. It's right next to the Belmont racetrack. So, you know, when people win the Triple Crown? Yeah, yeah. That that racetrack right next door to it, like in, in on its property, it's going to be built there. And it's um, going to be smaller, right? Like 12,000 or something like that? 15? No, the number was, I think the number was 17, right, Mike? Oh, so it's going to be big. Well, I'm sure they're going to want to do concerts and shit there, too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think like the minimum is like thirteen and a half, though, right? Or fourteen to like build a new arena, an NHL like minimum arena. There's only two. Like Winnipeg is the only one that's grandfathered in, and then the Coliseum right now is grandfathered in for now. Nashville isn't huge. I don't know if you've ever been to a game there. I've I've been to one or two, and it's kind of interesting. Like it's got, it's only got three decks on one side. Um, it's still probably 15,000. It just doesn't feel like Staples, I think, is like 19 and 
or maybe 19 and a half. And it feels big. Like if you're up top, you're up top. Well, Staples Center is for the. Yeah, we're in the, the largest market in the country or or about. Well, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I would assume that it would be have to be huge. Um, but yeah, I guess everyone's just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to fall, so to speak, this year. And they're one and three. It's funny that you brought up against the Oilers. I think the Oilers are going to be good this year. I think they're going to turn a corner at speaking, least. Speaking of dumpster fire GM and ownership. Oh, oh. yeah, we took advantage of that. <laughs> Thank you for Jordan Eberle. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just about every just about everybody worth a shit on our roster came from Chiarelli. That's hilarious. Yeah, they, they I think the Oilers and a lot of teams in hockey and you don't see this in other sports. It's kind of interesting where uh, organizationally they hire ex-players a lot, which is funny in some ways because, you know, if you're a professional athlete, it's unlikely that you spent that much time in, in you know, career or educational development. So I think um, they kind of fell into that a little bit where they had sort of like an alumni studded front office and not enough bean counters, so to speak. And, you know, uh, it, it hasn't worked out great for them. And I, I say that as the Kings are sitting over here with Luke Robitaille as president and Rob Blake as GM. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, it, it, it's Cam Neely's done a fantastic job in Boston. So, like, it, it, can, it can work. It's just like, you know, uh, it, it doesn't seem to work for everybody. But uh, when you've got the game's greatest player, you cannot – we need – you know, I, I'm like ambivalent towards the Oilers. I don't really hate them or or obviously they're not my team. But like as fans, like we got to see the game's best player in the playoffs. Like it's just been a fucking disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, being on a team that had like Canada's uh, golden boy and every day you had to wake up and hear about how your team is wasting his talent. I know how it feels, so I'm not going to sit here and say it but i'm thinking it it's pretty interesting to um i mean you have to wonder a little bit like what if Tavares stays oh i'm i'm done with wondering i know exactly what would have happened <laughs> well i mean i i went through it a little bit this year with the raiders and the antonio brown situation and fortunately it he didn't work out in new england either because i was doing a good job of uh not being emotional about it until he went to the Patriots. And I was like, I have so many fucking dirtbag Patriots fans in my life. One of them, uh, my good friend, Nick Holman, he manages uh, state champs and he's not a dirtbag. I'm just being a jerk. But he, uh, I was like, brother, I, you can't come over. Like you can't, you're, I can't have this shit on in my house. Like you're banned on Sundays. You can come over for the one o'clock games, but I can't have, and then, and then he busted out. I was like, all right, we can put it on the side TV. <laughs> it was it was it was tough but uh yeah it, uh, obviously it, even more hurtful when you had to play play a bunch of seasons for you and then he ends up going back to toronto but they they don't seem like uh they're in any jeopardy of getting it done anytime soon either i what do you guys think on uh i feel like everybody in their in their and their brother thinks that uh tampa bay is finally going to get it together this year and win how do you guys feel I don't. I really don't. I, I think the, the East is just so competitive, and we saw what happened to them last year. I feel like they have a little bit of 
what the Washington Capitals went through all those years. I, I, I don't think they have enough grit to get it done in the playoffs. They could score all those goals, but I don't know. What do you think, Devin? Well, especially when you pack your team up with a, a bunch of washed up too. Rangers <laughs> that couldn't that couldn't do it in New York. Shout out Nick Gambarian. Uh you know, this is what you get. You sign up for it. I, I don't know. I'm you, it's one of those things where you never bet sorry to say it, but you never bet against the Patriots. I mean, they're just they're heavy favorites. Um they need to get over the over the mountain <laughs> top. And you'd sound like an asshole for betting against them, but I mean at this point, who who else but, but, is but coming the out of the East? The New England Patriots have dominated championships for the last decade. Like these guys can't win anything. So you know, I don't think it's wrong to doubt them. I read an article in the Athletic this week. I was shocked, like how overwhelmingly their writer staff picked Tampa Bay. Not that I disagree necessarily, but I think you're right. Is that like it's the road to the Western Conference? Uh, or excuse me, Eastern Conference uh, title is so brutal because you got to yeah. go through Boston uh, at the at the top. Like your your what are the the four favorites we'd say are like maybe Washington, Boston, uh, Toronto, Toronto, and and Tampa, right? And then let's look at the the tier of teams underneath that, which is Pittsburgh, uh, the Islanders, Carolina, uh, Carolina. Don't- None of these teams are bad. The Rangers are going to be decent this year if Kako pans out. Like it's it's fucked up. So you could get beat. Anybody could get beat. Whereas on the in the West we have Colorado's going to be good. Dallas should be all right, and Vegas should be good. And other than that, like the other five slots, who the fuck knows? Kind of floundering around, yeah. So it's uh, it's a it's going to be an interesting season. And I mean, the playoffs were incredible last year with so many upsets. Like that's what we. That's what we wait for all season. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm I'm so desperate for hockey right now that I I drove down, all the way down to Orange County, which is like uh, the the New York equivalent to like going to Jersey for no reason. Um, <laughs> uh, for the Ducks home home opener last week against uh, Arizona, so like we're not an exciting matchup. And but did we you did go like, with Violent Gentlemen. They yeah, had their did, whole thing right. Yeah, we did the skate afterward. I've done that a few times. It's really fun. Uh, it's it's a it's a cool thing to do. We're trying to set one up at Staples, but shocker, it's like three times the money. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the difference between MSG and the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It's funny because I'm a, when I started playing hockey in California, there was no Ducks, and I'm a I'm a supreme hater. Like I couldn't disrespect their franchise more. Um, and their building is a dump. Like the place was half empty on opening night. I'm just like, it's kind of shameful organization is this opening night. You're like two thirds full. The Kings are second to last place last year. Always full. Granted, it's LA. There's a lot of people here. Say whatever you want. I'm just being a hater. But that that's how desperate I was for hockey. I was like, yeah, I'll go to Orange County. I'll, I'll spend, make an entire day of this. Um, <laughs> I so were thought, you were a little too old for like the Mighty Ducks phase that like swept the nation? Oh no, I saw the movie in the theaters. It's one of the only movies I could remember my dad ever going to. But uh, no, I loved the movies and I was so obsessed with hockey at that point. But I, when I was like between the ages of like seven and twelve, I only wore King's clothing like every day. 
like when that's what I wore. Like I had Kings shorts, shirts, hats, like psychopath Kings fan. So, and then as I got into high school, like and got into football, I like my hockey fandom has like uh, had peaks and valleys at different points in my life. And obviously when I was doing the music thing uh, and I, you know, like a lot of people, I think started off as like a, a as a musician, and then you become a failed musician, and you're like, oh, I, maybe I'll be in the music business, which is definitely the right side of it for me. I not I couldn't imagine touring right now at 36. I'd rather die. But um, <laughs> but so uh, during those years, I was I was definitely less engaged in hockey, and I think officiating made it hard on me. Also, it's a very difficult, thankless job, and it made me enjoy the game less. Last night, I, I, I play uh, on a couple men's teams, and I played last night, and I was giving this guy an earful, and I'm like, why are you yelling at this guy? You know what that's like. I'm just like, you can, I'm just, it drives me nuts when guys can't stand in the right position. I'm just like, stand on the blue line. Call off sides. That's, that's all we want. Please. <laughs> that's and you're still very active uh, in your, your playing career, huh? I mean, I wouldn't call it a career, but like, <laughs> well, uh, your men's league career in my, in my midlife crisis. Yeah. I'm very active. I play like three days a week, sometimes more. I think our buddy Brian just moved out there. So if you ever need a fill in yeah, Brian Byrne from every envy on the coast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Put, put him in touch. If he wants to skate, like I, there's a coincidence, just sort of coincidentally, my office is about like a hundred yards from the Pasadena rink. And they have a daytime pickup that I play a lot on Thursdays. I haven't been playing it as much lately, but um, normally I'm a I'm a regular at it. Would love to have him out. Yeah, he 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 rips some slap mean slappers from the blue line. Nice. But uh, you you mentioned that you uh, have a little bit of Canadian blood. Is that why you're locking in all these sweet Canadian bands? You know all the sweet little hotspots to pick up these these bands. I don't know. They just have kind of like come, come our way naturally, I guess. I think we, how many do we have now? Counterparts, like Pacific, Selfish Things. Bearings. Bearings. Yeah, we got, we got four or five. No, I think it's just kind of been coincidental. Um, it's funny. Some of the guys play, oh, Seaway. Seaway guys oh, yeah. play hockey. <laughs> um, yeah, the, some of the guys play hockey, some don't. Um, but, uh, as would be the case, I guess. Um, I think it's just been coincidental. Historically, it's been mostly American bands. Um, you know, we've done a handful of international acts, which is it, working with international acts comes with like a lot more, lot more challenges. It's really expensive to get bands into the country, um, and it's much cheaper to export them. I I don't know why that is. It sucks. It's not fair, and it makes it harder to do business. But like. You know, and it's actually get, getting with uh, our friend Donald and uh, things like Brexit. It's actually getting worse, not better. So it's a uh, definitely, definitely a struggle. And, and Canadian bands have uh, a little bit of that, but it's not so bad. It's not it's not the same fortune it is to get uh, uh, European bands into the country. See, that that's that label side of things that we probably don't know about. I, yeah. I haven't really heard that. Yeah, that's what I do. All day. So, other than those Canadian bands, though, you you have a, a bunch of other bands on your label that are huge hockey fans as well, um, with yeah. Derek and State Champs and 
Kellen in the story so far. So definitely have some friendly competition within the label too, right? I mean, you can't really call the Sharks competition. They can't win anything. <laughs> um, uh, and I say that lovingly because I was kind of side rooting for him last year just because I feel like at this point Joe Thornton's earned it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kellen's a big fan. Uh, Andrew from Seaway is a massive Leafs guy. I, I'm really all of Seaway, big Leafs fan. Uh, I actually, we, we went to a game. Um, we went to a Kings Leaf game last season and it was very brutal for me. It was like six, zero, six, one, maybe just a true ass taxing. Um, uh, Derek's a big stars fan. Yeah. I still Um, don't get that. That makes zero sense to me. I can't remember what his excuse is there. Um, I was like, Albany just sucks. I hate to say it. I lived in Albany for three years and it just, it's it's not a sports town. But you would think you would be a Rangers fan, right? Like, or Tom Boston. Williams. I feel like Boston or Tom Williams Ed... is a good friend of mine. He got he's in straight from the path. He's a big Rangers fan. Um, yep. Shout out Stanley Cup loss to the Kings. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, oh, obviously, cute. Chris and Anti Flag. He's not on the label, but he's a close friend. Um, yeah, actually. Um, Another Chris in Drug Church plays hockey. He's come out to pick up a couple of times. Um, there's a ton of ton of people in the business that are into hockey. Um, one of the guys I skated with last night works for Interscope. Um, the music buyer at Hot Topic, Mikey, big hockey fan. He's come out and skated pick up with me a few times. Season ticket holder for the Kings. Um, Ian, manager at 10th Street, does Papa Roach and stuff. Season ticket holder at the Kings. So, yeah, there, there's a it's a it's a funny thing. I think. Hockey is like a it's it's obviously the most niche major sport, um, and it kind of in a lot of ways parallels punk rock in that aspect. Whereas, you know, at, at different times in the last twenty years, uh, punk rock has been bigger than others. Rock in general is not huge right now, but there's been been times when it was mainstream, but it still sort of had like niche fandom where there's super fans of the genre, just like there's super fans of hockey, and I would you know, uh, admittedly say that, like, I would say hockey fans are can tend to be a little geekier than, than other sports fans. And that includes myself. I'm literally sitting here watching a Montreal Buffalo game while I'm talking to you guys for no reason that I have no <laughs> stake in whatsoever. But, um, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, for me personally, especially as I've gotten into my thirties, it's been like a really positive thing for me. And, you know, keeps me in some sort of shape not that it would i would at all consider it great but i think i one of the reasons why i got back so so back into it is because i needed something to do that wasn't hanging out at the bar and you know as as we get a little older our body's like you know hey maybe uh partying five days a week is not the way and so it's been, <laughs> It's been great for that, but it also there there's there is the beer league element, so you get you get the best of both worlds: a little exercise, a couple of beers. Not it's a nice time. Hey man, you got to teach me because I haven't figured out that party five day a week thing is no good. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was younger, living in San Francisco, man, I I, I had I had a, a good stretch of years there where I was getting after it, but uh, you know maybe 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 I'm just full LA now, just. Uh, LA guy got the uh you know on the health and fitness kick I hope not but you know 
it is where I live. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Devin, that's where you need to move, bud. <laughs> no, I, I don't think uh, – I mean, you've met me. I don't think I would fit in very well in L.A. <laughs> not my not, – I don't, I don't know. I feel like you stick out like a sore thumb over there. Oh, it's not so bad. I think people that say that L.A. sucks, they're, it's like you got – West L.A. does suck. You know, you want to hang out in Beverly Hills and West Hollywood. That sucks. Where I live on the – I actually live in Burbank, which is like uh, just on the – tip of the valley um kind of connect right on the other side of the hill from like uh los feliz silver lake kind of the hipper uh east side areas of los angeles and it's the easiest comparison i could make would be like manhattan to brooklyn but it's not that um but obviously different than that but yeah i mean i I grew up in Southern California and then lived in the Bay Area for 11 years. Said I would never come back. Here I am. And uh, it's honestly been great for me. It's been really great for the label. We've added a bunch of staff since being here and, um, you know, grown quite a bit. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's a trap, man. It's expensive to live here. And uh, that part of it is not great. Although a big part of the move from San Francisco is, believe it or not, L.A. is cheaper than San Francisco. It was brutal there really hmm. yeah that's Truly. surprising to me it's the most expensive place in the country to live it's worse than new york it's a supply and demand issue like san francisco as a city is like eight by eight square miles and uh because it's essentially uh, a looming earthquake disaster you can only build up like three or four stories there so it's a very oh. short city except for downtown so there's just not a lot of real estate and you got google and apple and everybody else there so a lot of people with money. It's just an expensive place to live. I was, I mean, I own the company and I'm, I'm doing okay. I was years away from buying a house there and I got to keep in mind, like the people that work for me want to have lives too. So it's, um, yeah, it just, it made sense and it's been, um, really beneficial. And I, I my family, my, my mom and sister are down here. My sister's pregnant right now. So it's like, it's, you know, my girlfriend is basically my wife. We just bought a house together. Her family's in San Diego. So it was just that time, you know, yeah, man. Yeah, that's why I'm in North Carolina right now, basically. <laughs> oh, nice. Where are you at? Uh, Charlotte. My lawyer, Neil, who's also a massive hockey fan, uh, he lives in Raleigh. Okay, yeah, we'll be there uh, on Friday yeah, for the yeah. Islanders-Hurricanes game. Yeah, he'll be there. He's got he's got a season ticket. He, go, he goes by himself. He's that hardcore. I'm like, dude, I love that. Tell him to stop by our tailgate. We'll be in lot 3000. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Look at us making more connections, being friends and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Never know when we're going to need a lawyer. <laughs> He's point. the best, man. Like if you if if uh, if you ever do, I'm sure he'd be happy to help out. He's a really cool dude and helped us quite a bit. He's a historically big Wings fan, but uh, has adopted the Canes, which is probably for the best at this point. Um, if we're being completely and utterly honest, that would be the venue I would absolutely need a lawyer at, and Michael can attest. <laughs> what yeah. uh, in Detroit or, or no, 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 an away, any away game? <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, so that that'll actually be pretty smart because I'm going down over there to meet Mikey too. Um, uh, how did you guys feel about uh, all the kind words uh, Sean Avery had for your fan base last season after the? Uh, after the Leafs game. Uh, you know what? He's just looking for a job. 
That's all it is. He fucking this guy. I mean, he was an asshole when he was in the league. So uh, yeah, it was and a he's real, still an like, asshole. He, like uh, like anybody's gonna take uh, Sean Avery as like the moral authority for the NHL. Get the fuck out of here. He's a coke sniffing asshole. Sorry. Woo! Speaking of coke sniffing, I just finished up the uh, the Theron Flurry biography autobiography. Have either of you guys read that by any chance? No, you were gonna, have, gonna to finish have to finish that. Yeah. You were gonna have to finish that sentence a lot quicker than you did. <laughs> well, <laughs> Speaking about coke sniffing, I just finished. Pause. 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 This book. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I did. I've lived in L.A. and San Francisco a long time. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the book is. Uh, I actually listened to a Spin Chicklets episode with. Theron Flurry on it and obviously remember him from when I was a kid and uh, I would like needed a book for vacation so I bought it on the iPad it's pretty good it's like it's long it's pretty dark but he, he uh, wasn't he a victim of like sexual abuse by one yeah, of his coaches or something yeah really fucking brutal it fucked him up real bad and he you know uh, he was such I in the in the book he talks about his he mentions his personal stats quite a bit not in like a like a boastful way, but like it's very factual. He talks about other guys too. He played played a bit with Sackick and and some other guys, and so you get a lot of stats in there. And I kind of don't think I realized how crazy good he was. He was a top, maybe a top five guy of his era, and I don't think I really put that together. And it's incredible because the guy was fucked up the entire time, and and nowadays like that. There's definitely been a lot of talk. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to Spitting Chicklets at all. Oh, um, uh, yeah, a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to, right? <laughs> yeah, and so there's a lot of talk about how the league's gotten a lot softer, and clearly these kids are, like, so much more focused on actually being athletes. Uh, hockey had such a big drinking culture for a long time, and, it, and, I, and, you know, I think that's a huge reason why the quality of play has improved, but you think about a guy like Flurry, who was a uh, – like without a doubt first ballot hall of famer stanley cup champion olympic gold medalist and you're like and the only days you weren't doing blow were game days the fuck dude like how good could he have been who knows you know wow yeah those guys those guys are insane i don't know how it's such a different era. Like you, you used to see guys play till they're forty. I, I don't think you'll see that shit anymore. Like as the game gets speedier, uh, and that's one of the things that's been frustrating about the LA Kings. It's like, uh, I although I not to pick on him, I think Jeff Carter will have a, a much better season this year. I think that the severity of his injury, the the sliced Achilles, was uh, a little bit understated, and he was definitely a shell of himself last season but you see a guy like him that three three seasons ago full-blown superstar 50 goal scorer and you know now some of these guys uh the bigger sort of slower but have great hands guys they're just it's impossible to be as effective in today's nhl it's too fast so it and in that, like, you got to think guys' lifespan is going to get shorter because as you get older, you don't get faster. Um, it'll be kind of interesting to see and, and how that works into, like, player contracts as well because guys don't normally get the big payday until they're, what, 28, 29. Sometimes they do the bridge deal, right? But it'll be curious to see how that all pans out. 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, you might even get like a new role player type um, player out of it, like you're saying, because these these guys, you just got to find a way. It's one. Of, it's one of like I and ironically enough, the the Islanders are filled with those people. The guys, the older guys, that have just kind of like found a way. Leo Komarov and Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sezikis, Brock Nelson, like. You know, they're, I mean, not so much Brock. Brock's a little younger, but, you know, these guys, like, maybe don't fit the mold of a, um, of today's standard, you know, bright, shiny, and new, you know, the Mitch Marners of the world and all that. But, you know, they, they, they find a way. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, too, if they're going to be able to keep up with, with everything. It's, uh, it's really interesting. And it, like you said, especially on the business end of things, how that's going to affect contracts and whatnot. It's, uh, definitely uh, a numbers world nowadays. Right. Well, if careers get shorter, you, I think you're going to see more holdouts and stuff like that because guys are going to want it up front. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe we'll see a different type of player where, you know, I don't think Jeff Carter is going to bust out of the league. I could see him getting traded this season. If, if he jumps out to like 15 goals in the first half of the season, I bet he goes at the deadline. Um, but and I think he can be like a sick third line player for someone. Um, whereas I would have never considered when we were winning cups, Jeff Carter was the furthest thing from a third liner. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and if you move him to, from, from center to wing, I think that takes a little bit of pressure off guys like that too. So it'd be, you know, you put him, maybe we'll, and we'll probably start to start to see, uh, pairings uh and and line line uh pairings where you know they're pairing you know older veterans with with speedier young guys to kind of balance it out so it'll be it'll be curious i i think uh you know well we kind of saw that with mitch marner and and uh matt martin being on the same line absolutely yeah that's a great example so uh I know you're a busy man, and it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I just have uh, one question. I saw that Pure Noise is announcing a new sign-in and some new music tonight. You want to fill us in a little early? Our episode won't drop uh, for a while anyway. <laughs> uh, well, we've been, dude, I've, I've overdone it this year. I've signed so many things. We've put out by far the most records of our, of our uh, company's history this, this year. Uh, fortunately we've got more staff and I'm very fortunate to have like incredible people that work for me, but, um, they're, uh, let's see, we signed a new band. We, today we announced the warriors new record. They haven't put out a, a record in a hundred years and they were like a huge, that's a little, that one's a little bit for myself. I was a huge fan as a kid. Um, I don't even know if they know this, but I've played several shows with them when I was still, uh, playing in hardcore bands. So, um, and, and not even just blowing smoke, the new record's fantastic. Uh, there's a bunch of cool features. Winston from Parkway Drive. We just put out a song today with uh, Nate from Zabulba, Jesse from Stick to Your Gun, Scott from Terror. So it's a super cool record. Uh, on Monday, I think we're announcing a band called Moontooth, um, which is a little different for us. It's like a proggier type band um, and re-releasing their album, uh, Crux, which is awesome. Uh, super cool band. They've just done a bunch of touring with like animals as leaders. And it's very like, you know, not that the entire label's guitar driven, but when I say guitar driven, it's very like prog, super guitar driven, uh, cool band. 
little different for us. And I think that'll be it for new acts for the year. Thank God. Cause there's been, <laughs> been a lot. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's no quota on good music. So like, you know, we're, uh, I, we really believe in everything we've been putting out and it's been like, uh, been an exciting year. There's a couple of, uh, up and comers that are, uh, new and different that I'm really excited about. And, you know, uh, I think for, for a long time, we we're kind of known as the pop punk label and we still will always do that kind of stuff but it's been nice to do uh metal and hardcore stuff and we've got this band called just friends which is like a funk ska type band um from from the bay area that's awesome we just put out a record for this uh like hip-hop metal band called unity tx from from texas uh which i'm super stoked on super different so yeah it's been it's been an exciting year and you know it's you know uh I'm, you know, looking forward to seeing where it goes. That's the beautiful thing about this podcast because, you know, I'm I'm turning 33 this year, so I'm getting a little bit older too, but it just kind of opened up my eyes to some of the the new music that's still coming out. You know, for example, Barron's like killing it right now. So good just on that huge tour with uh, Grayscale. So happy for those guys on your label. And I, I still need to see a, um, like Pacific show, I just they're on my bucket list of bands I need to see. Amazing, yeah, great, great, great people, great band, and uh, I'm sure they'll be through sooner than later. Uh, but I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been great to chat with you. Hey man, thank you so much. Um, we'd love to have you back on. Um, and and when we make our way out to L.A. for an Islanders Kings game, uh, we'll we'll meet up at Kevin Conley's bar in L.A. and uh catch a game together sounds great guys look forward to it i was close man i was close to la this year but you know what we play each other on uh thanksgiving weekend or thanksgiving yeah. week flights yeah. are incredible i won't even be in town yeah <laughs> well it was we'll definitely set that up all right boys i appreciate it take care all right, all right. thanks jake Devon, when we said this man loved hockey, I don't think that was enough of a statement. I think Honestly, lived- like you, you think like L.A. fans, casual, like no cares in the world. It's L.A. It's 70 degrees every single day. You know, things are good, but you don't expect someone to be that huge of a hockey fan in L.A. Maybe there are. Maybe we're just being ignorant New Yorkers. This man lives hockey. And more importantly, he runs a label that is just 
gold at this point. I mean, we're talking about Pure Noise Records, just to, just to cherry pick. Bearings, Boston Manor, uh, Four Years Strong. The story Hawthorne so far. Heights. Yeah, Hawthorne Heights. The story so far. State Champs. Senses Fail. Seaway. Man Overboard. I mean, j- enough. Share. <laughs> what are you doing? Give somebody else a chance at being good, Jake Round. You've done your part in the music world. But obviously this man's brain is just operating on another level um, that ours cannot fathom. Um, and that's because he got out of the hard pr- profession of teaching and moved into uh, something with a real substance. Another career that I would be totally interested in. I feel like I have an, an, an ear for talent and undiscovered talent. So that could be something I could have done in my past life. That mailman barber, just add it to my list. Mailman barber, fine. Um, if I had to guess, if I was asking you if you wanted to be a super um, duper successful uh, record label owner, I think just about everyone would say yes to that. Just, just saying. The only thing is, I, I might also like go to bat too hard for the bands that I discover and like not be able to crit- like give them criticism or anything. I'd just be maybe too supportive. So that might be a downfall of mine. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm not exactly sure how, how you do like, you just keep what, like, I, like what would you do? Would you just like every hour just switch to a different band shirt that's on your label? I feel like that's what you would do. Yeah. They would be all my children. Like seriously, mm. that's how I feel like with, that's why I keep like obsessing over keep flying, man. Like I just want them to be the biggest band in the world. Oh. Yeah. Bigger than the Beatles, you think? Dude, I'm not a big Beatles guy. You know what? And that's okay. Cause I have had a conversation with people saying like, when you ask people like, ask them like, what's your favorite band? And they're like the Beatles. You're like, okay, like back the fuck up. No, it's not. Be a, be a be a little bit original, you know what I mean? Yeah, those are the same people that shop at Urban Outfitters. So I don't want to mostly hear shop at Urban Outfitters. You are correct. I mean that would the the numbers would would probably suffice to say. You know what I mean? We're we're uh, we're on to something, dude. We are on to something, but more importantly, we're on the Carolina this Friday. We got. Philly tickets that we'll be on to in November for the 16th. Those just got dropped. Uh, grab the link. Grab your tickets. Uh, grab yourself a cold one and get out there and just come to any single one of these events that we've been posting about nonstop because we work our asses off. I'm about to go work my ass off. Uh, Mikey is also going to sleep his ass off so he can work his ass off for the kids tomorrow. Um, and, yeah, that's that. Um, I Just hope to get find Jake us on. at the orange tent, man. Yeah, always like the beacon. The beacon. Hopefully, we have Jake on. He can be our Western correspondent. Um, because and, we, and we need to do Isles meetups goes out west, man. Oh. That's got to be 
in, in either next season or the year after that. I, we just need a, a nice Saturday so we can make it work. Bad timing this year. Thanksgiving yeah, week. Thanksgiving is the most expensive time to travel. Yeah. And okay. also with all the delays and whatnot that happened with flying. Yeah. Yeah. No good. I don't want to mess with that. But hopefully a nice like either spring break or winter break kind of where I could take a few days and go out to L.A. Got friends out there. Hang out with Kevin Conley at Goal Sports Cafe. Do the whole thing. Bing, bang, boom. All right, Mikey. Let's um, let's leave it one more, man. We'll talk to you. I'll talk to you on Friday. All right, man. Peace be with you. And also with you. Broke me into